This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to the Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. I'm here today with Christy Beam. She's the author of the new book, Miracles from Heaven. How are you doing today, Christy? I'm quite well. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. And I know you've done a, a ton of interviews and press this week. Um, a lot of people are really fascinated uh, by your daughter's story, by your story. Of course, your daughter, Annabelle, she's nine years old now, correct? She's 12 now. She's 12. So she was nine when this happened three years ago. Exactly, yes. Okay, so... You know, I mean, there's so many questions I have, and and some listeners out there may not um, be immensely familiar with the story. Maybe they haven't heard about it. But um, Annabelle had suffered um, as a child from a number of of illnesses that were chronic and that required her to to visit doctors quite regularly. Um, And and then there's this incident that happens. And I know for, for you, I would imagine this incident, and also for Annabelle and your entire family, has sort of defined, it's sort of a, I guess, a dividing point in your lives that changed so many things, I would imagine. And um, let me just start with, she's outside, she's playing, and she she climbed a tree um, on your farm, and she's playing on this tree, and then there's an accident. Can you take us through what happened that day, what the accident was? Well, Annabelle and her sisters, um, they all three are very rough and tumble country tongue girls, tomboys, and um, they were out doing what they love to do, which is climb trees. And so uh, the three were out, and Abby, the oldest, and Annabelle, the middle, had decided to climb this particular tree, while Adeline, the youngest, was still too young to be able to master the climbing, so she stayed and played around the bottom of the tree. Um, And they climbed up and were just sitting on a branch um, talking, and they were very sweet, and then the branch began to give way, and in an attempt to get down to safety, Annabelle ended up falling inside a hole that was made by a previous branch that had broken off, and that hole went hollowed all the way down 30 feet headfirst um, into the hollowed-out trunk of this cottonwood tree. So she fell headfirst 30 feet inside the hollowed-out trunk of that tree. Oh, my gosh. And did you know, I mean, did you guys know that the tree had hollowed out? Was this something you were aware of? No, not even close on our radar because that tree had bloomed every spring prior and it bloomed the spring after that had happened. So we had no idea that a tree completely hollowed out all the way to the bottom could bloom and live health I mean live beautifully. So she's inside the tree and and obviously I would imagine did your daughters come to alert you, come to get you at that point? Yes, the oldest did come and get me and um she was quite hysterical in pulling me out there. I <clears throat> It didn't register in my brain that she was inside 30 feet down. I She just kept saying she's stuck in the tree. Well, I kept thinking, you know, she's climbed and gotten stuck, you know, and needs help climbing down. So I raced out there with her um, and realized <clears throat> the situation. So at that point, you call 911. I imagine you, you bring emergency workers in. What happens next? So Carefly land, which was pretty dramatic, and the first responders, rescue, firefighters, they all begin to arrive. And they had to go through a series of um, possibilities and play out what would what would help to get her out. How, was, how are they going to get her out? They first thought maybe one of the firefighters, the smallest, could go in after her, but then they realized even he was too big. 
Um, they thought about cutting it down, but it was so brittle and breaking that it would have crushed her, come inside and crushed her. So they had to um, come up with a way of getting her out. And the way that they came up with was to rig a series of pulleys and use ropes as a pulley system. Now, during during this rescue, how many how many hours did it go on for? So they it took them a little over almost three hours to get her out, and um, she was in there about five hours is our estimate of about the amount of time she was in there total. Was she coherent at all, speaking during this time at all? In the very beginning, Abby, who was um, eleven at the time, said that. She yelled down to Annabelle, and Annabelle said, I can't breathe in here. Um, there, I can't breathe very well. Something about her, she couldn't get air. She couldn't breathe very well. And then she raced and got me. Well, Kevin yelled down to her to keep her, you know, just to check on her while the firefighters were arriving, and he could not get a response from her. Um, she did do this really weird, creepy, he just demanded yelling at her she raised her arm to show she was alive and she did some weird robotic arm raise and lowered it down um but she never looked up at him she never cried out um the fireman also could not get a response for quite some time until eventually she did come around and start responding now what were you during doing during this process i mean i can't imagine it's this is going on for hours you're there emergency personnel are there how are you reacting? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you doing during that time? Well, I remember um, I was shocked at first because the reality of what was happening just wasn't setting in. Um, and then I remember thinking, you know, prior to that happening, Annabelle had told me a few weeks prior that she wanted to die and go to heaven and live with Jesus where there's no more pain because the pain was so severe from her disorders and she just was so tired of living that life. And I remember thinking, don't you take her. God, don't you answer her prayer like this. Don't you do this to us. Don't you take her. And I just remember feeling afraid. But then I also had a feeling of it's very hard to describe. I was afraid, but I was also at a, I also felt confident that it was going to be okay. And I can't describe that. I was pacing like a crazy person and terrified um, and very concerned. But I also just I didn't have a feeling of dread, if that makes sense. No, it 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 does. Now, are you a, are you a person of faith? It, was your family at the time were you people of faith? Yes, yes, we are all um, believers. Kevin was raised in a in a very solid Christian home, as as was I, and we've always gone to church since we were married and been believers and active and um, raised the girls, and they are all three believers as well. So, so they they get her out. The the rescue happens. Obviously, you're relieved. At what point does she start to mention experiencing certain things inside the tree, heaven, angels, things like that? The next day, after they released her from the hospital, because they kept her overnight for observation from the fall, we were driving down the road, and we'd been driving for a while, and then she just turned to me out of the blue. The car, was, the truck was totally silent, <laughs> and she just said, you know, Mommy, I went to heaven when I was in that tree, and that's how it started. And what I mean, what's your first reaction to that? I did. I I remember going, really. I mean, I truly was just like, really, like surprised and, hmm. I mean, you know, I very very first thought was, did you hit your head really hard? Was it a dream? Like, <laughs> I all those thoughts immediately were like, what is she talking about? 
But then as she went on in the details, and she wasn't animated, she wasn't, you know, like, you've got to believe me, this happened. She was just, these are the details, this is what I want to share. And then she stopped talking. And the more you prodded her and asked her for details, the le- that she wouldn't give them. She gave them on her terms, and um, and that was it. And then what she shared was, that's it, there's no more, you know, this is what I have. So I, the way she reacted, just, I had no doubt. What um what were some of the details? What can you tell us without I know that obviously you cover this in Miracles from Heaven in the book and the film which comes out I think in 2016 that this is going to be yeah. something that people will have a chance to see and read but what are some of the details you can share that she told you about what she experienced? Well, she talks about how it was really really bright and how she had seen her Mimi, which is Kevin's dad's mom. And he said, she said that she saw Mimi and that she looked a lot younger. And so at first she didn't recognize her, but then she realized that's Mimi um, and she's younger. And she said that she saw um, that she sat on Jesus' lap and that um, she um, they, they talked and he said that the firemen are going to get you out. But Annabelle, when they do, there will be nothing wrong with you. And I'm going to send my guardian angel to light the tree and to stay with you. And she asked him if she could stay because there was no pain there. She didn't hurt anymore. She wanted to stay with him. She didn't want to go back. And he said, I know you want to stay in. I bet I have plans for you on earth that you can't fulfill in heaven. And um, and then she told me that she began to hear the fireman's voices calling from very far away. And then she began to realize she was in the tree and she saw, and there was an angel. And it was about the size of a fairy, she said, and it just lit the tree so she could see to grab the rope. And, wow, and so now she's telling you this, you're at first thinking, did you hit your head? At what point were you and your husband and and your other children thinking, okay, well, this is true? Because the one thing that did it for me was I had had two miscarriages, and one of them had been the creation of life, and the other one had been what's called a blighted ovum, and no life is ever really created. It's just confusing that the body thinks it's pregnant and it's not. And so I had told the girls, because a, a dear friend had had a miscarriage, and they were very upset about it. And I said, you know, Mommy had two, and I went on to have you, Anna, and then Adeline, and so my friend will be okay. Um, and so that's all they knew was that I'd had two miscarriages. Well, then Anna came back and said, or when Anna was telling me about it, she said, um, and I saw a little girl in heaven, Mommy, and she looked just like you and Abby. And I said, I know that face. And I asked God, who is that little girl? And he said, Anna, that's your sister. And that did it for me because Anna knew I'd had two miscarriages, but she didn't know that only one of them would have been a life. Wow, that's that's what she saw was one. And it's interesting because that's very similar in Colton Burpo's story. That was one of the things that convinced his parents was really yeah was the mother's the mother had had a miscarriage, and the kids didn't know. And you know he and he said he met this child in heaven. So it's it's it is interesting. Now, when you heard that, what were you thinking? That was sort of your realization moment. What what went through your head? Uh, I just remember thinking there was no way for her. There's just no no way for her to have known that there, if she, I remember thinking if she was making it up, she would have said she saw two kids in heaven, two children in heaven. Um, but she didn't, she just said one. And so I thought at that moment, 
this is real, this happened. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't, um, I mean, I did ask her more questions and ask her, you know, Annabelle, do you, do you have any other memories? Do you have anything else you want to share? And at times she would, but most of the time she didn't. She just, you know, like I said, shared on her own terms. And, you know, what, what did others in your family, what did friends, because obviously, I mean, it's been three years now, you've written this book, you know, how have people around you who know you, who know your family, who know Annabelle, how have they reacted to those elements of the story? Everybody has 100% supported us and believed it. There, I have not come across any friend, relative, family that doesn't believe it because in a well, Annabelle was very, very sick when she fell in that tree. And Annabelle is well today. She is not on um, one medication. She was on 10 medications when she went into that tree. And Annabelle is on zero medications today. She no longer flies to Boston with me to see the guru of pediatric gastroenterology. She never um, has stomach problems. Well, you know, sometimes, but not really like a little kid would if you eat too much chocolate cake. But, right. <laughs> um, but you know, she doesn't live in chronic pain. She runs and jumps and plays and laughs and swims. And her life is different. And everybody sees it. Can you share, and I don't know if, if you're willing to, but what, the, what her illnesses were? Sure. She had... Um, pseudo-obstruction, motility disorder, and then antral hypomotility disorder. And that just means that the body's ability to take the food from the stomach and move it through the intestines and out the body doesn't work correctly. So food goes in, you bloat, you get distended, it remains stagnant, and then it just sludges through the intestines like a big weight. And it's very painful. The body doesn't have the ability to push it through. How long after the incident with the tree and, and the, you know, the visit to heaven, how long after did her symptoms start to improve? So Annabelle was different quickly, but um, it took me a while to realize and put two and two together. Um, and I'm very embarrassed and ashamed to admit that, but, you know, she didn't ask for pain medicine like she did before. I would almost forget to give her her next round of medication because... She was not in agony on the couch, and I wasn't looking at my watch going, oh, gosh, it's time, or, you know, hurry up. I want it to be time. Um, but also, you know, one of the big things is after about four weeks, it was time for her to start one of her big medications in the rotation again. And I remember calling the doctor and saying, I don't know what to do, but she doesn't need this medicine this time. She's not showing any of the symptoms that this big medication requires giving to her. And they said, hmm, well, okay, just don't give it to her, but she's going to start showing the symptoms in a little while and then give it to her then. <laughs> and we never, ever gave her that medication again. How have the doctors reacted to this? You know, they don't know. They're so wonderful and so, so um, you know, they're just so happy. And um, they've released her. They say that she's asymptomatic. Um, they they said she's on no medications today, that she does not any longer need the care of a gastroenterology specialist. So she's been released from them. Wow. And were they surprised by this? You know, did they think, you know, gosh, how did this happen? Yes, they were. You know, one of them kind of joked and said, I'm sure <laughs> glad she fell in that tree, you know. Um, <laughs> but they just don't know. They are surprised. They, they, just, they just don't know. What would you say to critics? Because, you know, obviously there, 
there was a totally separate story, and and I should mention that this is the only one where somebody has has said they've lied, and every other story, you know, Colton Burpo's story, all of them, they have maintained and stood by their stories. But the story I'm referring to is the boy who came back from heaven. That was the book. Um, and I think there was a documentary made, a, a movie made about that. And he came out saying, oh, I didn't tell the truth. I, I never went to heaven. I never visited heaven. But how do you react to critics who might say, oh, your family's making this up because you want to make money. You want to you know, have a book and a movie and you've conjured the story up. How, how do you react to cr- critics that might say that? You know, I have given answers to that question, but my favorite response is Annabelle's response. And so I've started giving that response. And what she says is, I say nothing to those people. Those people need to know that um, my story is real. What I've been through is true. I'm not going to shove it down your throat, but you do need to hear it. And it will change your life and it will change your relationship with God and it will change who you are. If you're not a believer, if you are a believer, it may strengthen your relationship with God. But it is my story and it happened. And I just think that's so wonderful. And my final question for you, as you just sort of piggybacking off of what you just said, what, what has changed for you, your family, in terms of your lives, but specifically your faith as well? We were pretty... Um, you know, we lived very, we tried to live very faithful lives before, and we tried to really just give everything to God and have a close relationship with Christ and raise our girls to be that way as well. I feel like we don't believe anymore. We don't believe stronger. We don't have, um, like, okay, well, now we know it's real. Before we didn't. I don't feel like that has happened. I feel like for me, what has happened is. During that time, I can look back and I can see all the acts of faithfulness where where Christ was faithful to me during the times of trials and struggles. And it's really challenged me to start showing those acts of faithfulness back to Him in my daily life now, um, just to help me grow and do better and be, be a better follower. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. And um, when, now, when do you guys start production on the film? Um, they are going to start filming, I understand, in July, um, and then it should be out in, like, slated for Easter of 16. Very good, very good. Well, good luck with, with everything, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. Church Board.